In Psalm 38, David experiences God's rejection because of sin. As a result, he despairs of his life. He's experiencing both physical and emotional pain, which leads to depression. His enemies scheme against him, and his friends have deserted him. He's too weak to respond to either, and so the only thing he can do is to cry out to God. He begs God to have compassion, to forgive his sins, and to deliver him from his pain. And so Psalm 38 is a prayer for healing from sin and sickness. A prayer for healing from sin and sickness. We'll begin in verses 1 through 8 with David's conviction. Then we'll move to David's complaint in verses 9 to 14. And finally, David's confidence in verse 15 to 22. Verses 1 through 8, David's conviction. O Lord, rebuke me not in your wrath, and chasten me not in your burning anger. For your arrows have sunk deep into me, and your hands have pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For I am, my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they weigh too much for me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my folly. I am bent over and greatly bowed down. I go mourning all day long, for my loins are filled with burning. There is no soundness in my flesh. I am benumbed and badly crushed. I groan because of the agitation of my heart. David's plea to God begins very graphically with his feelings of being like an enemy of God, shot through by his arrows, which have sunk deep. In other words, he's not talking about a mere flesh wound. He's talking about something that has gone right and pierced right to his heart. At the same time, he says that God's hand is pressing down upon him. And it, t it pictures the idea of a parent holding or restraining back a child from moving. In such a way, David's being restrained by God. He feels weighed down under God's heavy hand. And so he begins his prayer addressing his real problem, his sense of alienation from God. His sickness, his guilt, these hostile human relationships are all secondary to that primary issue. David now turns to his physical condition. His body is unhealthy as a result of God's rejection. His flesh, that's his, his body, has lost its wholeness. It's under God's wrath. It's under God's heavy hand. And the physical reaction has a moral basis. He say, says, I am sick because of my sin. And that is why he's experiencing God's wrath, God's moral indignation because of his sin. It's our sin, like David, it's our disobedience, which invokes and provokes divine wrath. Again, this is not to say that every sickness is the result of sin. We need to be very clear about that. No one has the right to look at someone else, see sickness in their life, and presume that it's because of sin. That's an issue between them and God. That's part of the problem with David's friends. That's part of the problem with Job's friends. We don't have the right to stand in God's place and judge why someone else is sick. We are only responsible to examine our own selves. So it's legitimate when we're sick to consider why. Is it because of sin? Or is it because that I live in a sin-cursed world? You know, many people have illness because we live in a sin-cursed world. We're sinners. Our bodies are breaking down. Sometimes uh, we experience sickness uh, because God has allowed Satan to bring it upon us, much as in the case of Job. 
there are other times that uh, we, we face illness because God has placed it in our lives to keep us from sin. So there's many different reasons. But in this case, David is acknowledging that his sickness is directly related to his sin. Notice that he elaborates on his moral and physical problems. His iniquities are submerging him like a flood so that he's gone, the, the water has gone over his head. He's drowning in his sin. Moreover, he says that they're, crushing, uh, they're a crushing burden that is too heavy for him. He has infected sores that are foul and festering. Uh, in other words, they stink to the nose. They're unpleasant to the eye. And he says, the reason for my physical horror is my foolishness. Now, some commentators have taken these physical symptoms and said it's possible he had leprosy. Uh, and that's quite possible, though we cannot prove it. Uh, he could have had any number of physical diseases that could have produced the same type of results. But how does this apply to us? Well, again, there is no doubt that sin and illness can be intimately related when sin is denied and covered up. And so it would behoove each of us to examine our lives uh, because there are some sins which may bring illness upon us. Now, along with his physical pain, David also experienced emotional pain. He says, I'm troubled. I'm deeply depressed. I'm bowed down greatly. My, you know, it talks about his posture. He, he, he's just so worn down that he can't even stand upright. He goes mourning all the day long. The mourning, you know, just this feeling of woe, this feeling of depression, this uh, just on the verge of, of weeping and crying uh, is part of this depression that he is facing. And again, it's coming from a sense of alienation from God, as well as a burden over his guilt, as well as his deteriorating physical condition. He also says that his loins are filled with burning. There's no soundness in his flesh. He's feeble. He's broken. Uh, you know, basically, I mean, he can hardly even stand now. He's becoming bedridden. And so, he notes here that he is at an end to himself. Look at his complaint in verses 9 to 14. Lord, all my desires before you, and my sign is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me. And the light of my eyes, even that, has gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague. My kinsmen stand afar off. Those who seek my life lay snares for me. Those who seek to injure me have threatened destruction. They devise treachery all day long. But I, like a deaf man, do not hear. And I'm like a mute man who does not open his mouth. Yes, I am like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth or no arguments. So as David prays, he presents his condition fully to God. Listen, you hear my sighing. He's sighing because of the anxiety. My strength fails. He not only has anxiety, he's exhausted. There's darkness in his eyes. His eyes are dimming. His eyes are tired. But here is the beginning of his healing. He's disclosing his condition to the Lord. He holds nothing back. He lays out all the emotional and physical stress that, that he's experienced, and it begins to lift as he exposes these things to God in prayer. Again, it's not that God doesn't know it. God already knows it, but David had to acknowledge it to God. David experiences not only physical and emotional pain, 
but he experiences human rejection. His loved ones, his friends, his kinsmen, his relatives are aloof. They've withdrawn themselves from him because of his plague. Or again, possibly leprosy. David is avoided because of his condition, which is contributing again to his emotional state, his depression. And his illness is an invitation for not only his, his quote-unquote friends and family, but now his enemies to attack him. They seek his life. They're, they're laying a snare for him as if he's a wounded animal. They're speaking of destruction and, and deceiving him. They're meditating. They're chewing over their plots all the day long. David is a man totally rejected by everyone. His friends, his family, they've all jumped ship. No one wants to be near him. No one wants to touch him. They want nothing to do with him. Rather than rallying against their rejection, what does David do? He shuts people out. He shuts down. He says, I don't hear him anymore. I got nothing to say. He has now totally alienated himself from other people. And my friends, that's exactly what happens. When, when people get sick, when they're struggling with emotional issues, they get to the point where they're just so tired, they're just so exhausted, they're just so weak, that they just don't want to be bothered with people. They totally close themselves off from people. Now again, this isn't just the result of sin. That's the result of sickness, which eventually leads to anxiety and depression. And again, in David's case, yes, that's the cause. Not always the cause for everybody. But understand that when people get to that point of, of shutting themselves off from people, the last thing they need to hear from somebody is, well, you just need to pull up your bootstraps and get out there with people. They don't have the capability. David didn't have the capability. The only person that David could turn to at this point was God. Listen, put yourself in his position. His friends and his family have abandoned him. You know, people that he has counted on, people that he has trusted his entire life are gone. And so, you know, you really begin to understand why he just stops talking and stops listening and just alienates himself because he doesn't know anymore who to trust. The only one he knows he can trust is the one who's never let him down, and that's God. And so David's deaf-mute condition is a response to the rejection. Now look at David's confidence. Verse 15 to 22. For I hope in you, O Lord, you will answer, O Lord my God, for I said, may they not rejoice over me, who, when my foot slip, would magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to fall, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I confess my iniquity. I am full of anxiety because of my sin. But my enemies are vigorous and strong. And many are those who hate me wrongfully, and those who repay evil for good. They oppose me, because I follow what is good. Do not forsake me, O Lord, O my God. Do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. David here deals in his confidence with his two adversaries, his sin and his enemies. One's from within, the other's from without. And he turns to the Lord with a, with a glimmer of hope. He's aware that God cares. He knows God hears. He knows that he is still able to talk to God even if he can't talk to anyone else. And that reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abides faith, hope, and love. Listen, David had nothing left but his faith in God, and that gave him hope of knowing that God loved him. 
First, David asks God, protect me from my enemies, lest they rejoice over me. Lest when my foot slips, they exalt themselves. The idea of his foot slipping means that he would stumble from God's path. Lord, don't let me stumble from your path. Don't let me go in the way that I shouldn't walk. That's already happened, verse 4 tells us. But David's now saying, listen, don't let it happen again. Don't give my enemies an opportunity to exalt themselves. Second, in this crisis moment, he confesses his sin and sorrow to the Lord in verse 18. Here's the root of the problem. I need God's mercy, David says. I need the return of divine favor, and then healing will begin. But he knows it won't happen unless he what? Confesses his sin and forsakes it. And my friend, listen, if, you, if you're dealing with some kind of, of illness, whether it's physical or emotional, and you, know, you get to the root of it and you discover it's sin, let me tell you something. The first step to healing is confessing and forsaking that sin before a holy God. That's what David does here. At the same time, his enemies are vigorous and their numbers are growing. They hate him wrongfully or falsely, fraudulently. Listen, David isn't sinless, but his enemies are using his sickness to their advantage. They render evil for good. They're opposing him because he's seeking Yahweh's will. He's pursuing good, but they want nothing but evil for him. And regardless of his sin, he knows what is right and he desires to follow what is good. And that's why he's languishing in this depression and despair. Verse 18, we see a crucial step in David's healing. You know, listen, back in verses 4 and 5, he was very conscious of his sin. He felt the weight of his sin, of the guilt of his sin. But now he declares his sin. He feels anguish over it. And from, and from that comes a heartfelt confession of that sin. In a different context, James encourages us to confess our sins to one another and to pray for one another that we may be healed. Very similar to what David's doing here. Psalm 38 ends with a call for God to act. David asked God to come and be present in his life. He prays for the Lord's saving power to come quickly. Who is the only one to whom David prays? O oh Lord! my salvation. He knows that it is the Lord and the Lord alone who will deliver him from his wrath, but also from David's sin, his sickness, and his enemies. And that's the same for us. It's only God who delivers us. He delivers us from his chastening hand. He delivers us from our sin. He delivers us from our sickness. You know, this prayer is not a prayer of victory, but it is a prayer for healing. It includes an honest description of David's moral and emotional and physical illness and its consequences. It deals with the rejection he feels from God, from his family, and his enemies. And that's what caused him to cry out to the Lord. And the fact that this psalm was written down in the pages of Scripture is a witness to the very fact that this prayer for healing from sin and sickness was heard. David was delivered. His sins were forgiven. And he was healed from his sickness. Friends, if you've taken an honest evaluation of your life and you're, there's a situation going on where you're, you're dealing with an illness or perhaps a physical problem or an emotional situation, 
And in your honest evaluation, you've said, it's because of this sin in my life. Then I would challenge you to confess that sin before God. Forsake that sin. Stop the sin. Pray for forgiveness. And then sit back and watch God begin to heal. If you're dealing with an illness of some kind, a physical problem or an emotional difficulty, and you've honestly evaluated and you said, you know, there is no sin causing this, then I would challenge you to pray to God. Pray that God might show you why he's brought this into your life, or at the least allowed it into your life. Take the steps. Whether it's through a doctor of medicine or, uh, or whatever field of study that doctor may be in, who can that, that God has granted and blessed with wisdom in dealing with these various sicknesses and illnesses. And use those God-given men and women to help heal your sickness. Certainly, I would challenge you to pray to God. God is in the healing business still. He can heal. He can heal miraculously, and we certainly can pray for that. But let us not forget that he has given us men and women who he has equipped in the field of medicine who can help to heal and alleviate our, sick, our sicknesses and illnesses as well. So friends, examine yourselves. If it's sin, confess and forsake it. Either way, pray to God for healing and watch God work in your life. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we thank and praise you for the word that you've given to us, a word that challenges us, Father, to examine ourselves and to consider whether there is sin in our life. And if there is, then, Father, we ask for healing from that. We, for, we repent of our sin. We forsake it. And, Father, for those illnesses in our lives, we pray that you would heal us from those. You are the great physician. Nothing is too hard from you. And so, Father, we ask... For anyone listening, Lord, that has taken a moment and examined their lives and they're acknowledging sin, I pray that, Lord, the Spirit would go forth in their lives, not only convicting them of sin, but bringing them to that place of repentance where they would confess and forsake their sin. And then, Father, you would begin the process of healing them spiritually. And, Lord, if there are those that are listening who are dealing with some physical illness, if it's related to sin, I pray that as they forsake that sin, you might, can, you might begin the healing process. And for others, Father, who have evaluated and are dealing with some sickness or illness, Father, but it's not related to sin, then Lord, I pray especially for them. I pray that you might anoint them with that balm of Gilead, ease their pain, ease their suffering. And Father, if it be thy will, heal them, heal them completely from their illness so that they can go on and serve you. And Father, if it's not your will to heal them in this lifetime, I pray that, Lord, you would deliver them into your presence and heal them for all eternity. And so we commit these things to you in your Son's precious name. Amen.